This is the Authentic Sex Podcast. Real life conversations about sex, pleasure and relationships. I'm your host, Juliet Allen. Welcome to episode 106 of the Authentic Sex Podcast. My name is Juliet Allen. I'm a sexologist and sex and relationship coach. And this week I'm answering your questions about clit addiction, sex with friends, porn, bisexuality, and so much more. I'm joined again by Australian journalist and leader Alison Rice. Alison is the host of Offline the Podcast. I've been a guest on Alison's podcast and we have such a fun and beautiful connection. So I've brought her on to Authentic Sex to facilitate this Q&A. Before we begin, this episode of Authentic Sex is sponsored by the Juliet Pleasure Wand. The Juliet is a premium crystal pleasure wand designed to heighten your sexual energy, increase self-love and self-pleasure, expand your orgasmic experiences and connect you to your true sexual essence. You can read more and purchase your own crystal wand by visiting my website www.juliet-allen.com. Welcome back to Jallison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, the Juliet and Allison team, for this Q and A. Welcome, Allison. Thank you, <laughs> Juliet. <laughs> We're thinking about starting a podcast. Um, this is legit. We're thinking about a podcast that's us two talking, just because we love talking. We actually just love hanging out. Yeah. So any excuse for that. Mm. Maybe next year, or actually, this will be published in 2020. So maybe later this year. Mm. Let's see. Hey, yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just let's, let's just enjoy. Let's record this in the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do your podcast. And then. <laughs> um, so we're talking today about clit addiction, which I'm very keen to learn about. Sex with friends, porn, and bisexuality. Mm. Mm. Diverse. Diverse. Um, I feel like we may have covered this in another episode or we had this conversation privately. Now it's all becoming a blur. <laughs> um, the first question is how to start self-pleasuring after so many years using a vibrator on my clit and feeling less sensitive. We did speak about this. We spoke about this in another episode, but I'll speak about it again because it's such a big topic mm. and because it's so common. So can you read it again? Yeah, so how do I start self-pleasuring after so many years using a vibrator on my clit mm. and feeling less sensitive? Yeah, so um, I'll just go over what we spoke about in the other episode, which is that vibrators can desensitize our clitoris and our vagina. And the reason being is it's really high vibration and those who use vibrators will know that you get the vibrator, you start on like the lower and within a few seconds or a few weeks, you're like on level five and you're just like going for it. And that's because our clitoris, let's focus on the clit, our clit becomes less and less sensitive. So we need the higher vibration to get off. And so for women who are addicted to vibrators on their clit and addicted to clitoral orgasms 
I would recommend just putting your vibrator aside for a month mm-hmm. or a week if a month makes you feel like a bit sick. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with a week. Put your vibrator away and put it somewhere where, you know, you're going to have to get a chair out to get it out because we all know that if it's just in the top drawer away... You'll just reach for it. Yeah. Yeah. So put the vibrator away. What I did was I chucked them in the wheelie bin. Do you call it a wheelie bin in New South Wales? Like a bin? A bin. (laughs) I don't know where I get that. Minus the wheels? Um, A wheelie bin. I I chucked all my vibrators in a bin one day because I was... Like threw them out? Yeah, threw them out outside. You know, the big bins outside? Yes. Because... I kept masturbating and I felt like I was having really quick, short orgasms. And at the end, I just felt really deflated and disappointed. Mm. And I had it happened over and over. And then I finally was like, there's got to be more than this. Like, there's got to be more. Was this a long time ago? This was a few years ago. This was probably at the start of my career, probably when I was studying sexology. Mm. Yeah, so it wasn't like that well, long ago but maybe yeah. like eight years ago nine years ago I don't know how long it's been now so I yeah I threw them out and then that's when I got gifted a crystal pleasure wand from a friend and then that's how I got into the wands but that's another story but um so I would recommend getting rid of the vibrator or putting it away and touching beginning to touch your clit again with your hand or you know if your partner's going down on you some some way to stimulate your clitoris if you want to keep going on clitoral orgasms um, and it'll take a while to resensitize it to that touch because if you've been using high vibration mm. on your clit it's used to that so then when you just touch it lightly with a hand it's just like meh I'm numb mm. so you're saying it will come back yeah, yeah yeah it will come back it's just like resensitizing something mm. so yeah, I mean, we. I feel like we are very addicted to our clits. Women are addicted to clitoral orgasms. And there are other different types of orgasms that we can have. But in order for us to be enjoying other types, we really need to lay off the clit for a bit so that we open ourselves up to new experiences and new ways of experiencing orgasm and pleasure in our body. Can you... Um this might be a good opportunity for you to talk a little bit about the different types of orgasms then because Mm. like for women who don't know that there's something else Mm. other than a short and sharp clit orgasm Mm. how would you describe the feeling of what is it like a internal orgasm how do you describe that Mm. well some sexologists would have a list of the different types of orgasms. I don't really prescribe to having ABCD, XYZ orgasm because every woman is so unique that I've never met one woman who says, oh, yeah, like I've never met two women who have the exact same experience. But in general, there's more of an internal G-spot orgasm and then there's a cervical orgasm. And then there's an anal orgasm and they could be a energetic orgasm, like a full body wave of energy going through your body. So there's different types, but we all experience them in different ways. So for one woman, perhaps 
we were talking about another episode, women who have sex, who can orgasm when they're on top. For one woman, it may be that that's because their clitoris is rubbing against their partner's groin, so they have a clitoral orgasm. But then another woman, it may be because the shape of the guy's penis or the dildo or strap-on, whatever, for same-sex couples, is is in that position rubbing against the G-spot and it may be a G-spot orgasm, you know. Mm. But it's it's hard to know, like, unless I'm in, say, unless I could jump into your body, I don't know yeah. what you're experiencing. So I don't like to have too many opinions on different types of orgasms. Mm. I have a question. Um I just don't know whether it's, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. Should we, as women, should we know the shape of our uterus in order to understand, does that make sense, where our G-spot is or what positions would feel good to us based on, or like, say, if our lover has a particular shaped penis, mm. it might feel different. It'll feel better in different positions. I'm just wondering, like, I have one of those, what's a, is it a posterior uterus? Like a tilted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so different positions, like some real, are really painful for me mm. that traditionally other people would be like, oh, that's my favourite. Mm. And then others just feel better. So I just wonder, is there something there in understanding just almost like the pieces to the puzzle? Yeah. Mm. Um, good question, but it's not really my area of expertise, to mm. be honest. I don't um, – I haven't been trained in the more science medically sexology. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Medical. Medically sexology, So the, yeah. like the structure – the, like the biological structure or, or the the physiology, yeah. Like I I know it, but I I don't specialize. There would be sexologists who specialize in this area, but mm. I don't. So I'm actually not even. I'm going to say pass because I don't want to nice. give info that could perhaps be incorrect for some women, and speculate on the shape of women's uteruses when I don't really know. Mm. Mm. Okay, good question. Thank you. Sorry, I can't help. <laughs> Um, next question. It just says sex with friends. That's oh. not really a question, but I wonder whether we unpack this a bit. Yeah. We did briefly speak about sex with exes mm. on we another did. episode. We did. Um, sex with friends. I mean, I'll have to be honest with you and say, just trying to rack my brain now. I haven't really actually done that, I don't think. Um beyond maybe a one-night stand, but certainly not with my good male friends. I haven't. Mm. What do you think? Um, Or female friends. I have with female friends. I can't think of... I can't think of male friends, but... um, Yeah, I think if... I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's for sure. I mean, if you're going to have sex with anyone, you may as well have sex with your friend because someone you trust, someone you love, someone who you have a heart connection with, someone who you quite possibly feel safe with. So it's probably a better option than just rocking up to the local nightclub and picking a random off the shelf and Mm. letting them enter you or entering them. So I would say there's nothing wrong with it. However, it can become complicated if there's, it's not spoken about and there's good communication of what the expectations are and of the sex um 
because, you know, for example, this would happen a lot. The Let's say the woman has this expectation that now we're seeing each other and the guy's like, fuck, I just thought we were just having fucking mm. for fun. And I want to keep seeing that chick I was seeing that I'd tell you all about. And, now, and then it becomes complicated and then it can spoil the friendship. So before you enter into sex with a friend, I would just be like, I mean, I don't know whether I'd have this conversation. I'd probably just roll with it, but I'd be very conscious of what I was doing and I'd be conscious of um, knowing their situation. Like if they're a friend, you know if they're sleeping with other people. Yeah. You know if they have baggage. <laughs> what baggage that is usually if Mm. they're a good friend you know which we all have baggage you know that maybe they're commitment phobe whatever Mm. so you've got to enter into the situation consciously and then yeah if you want to have the convo just be like what's your expectations of this so you know yeah like what are we both hoping to get out of this is it's just fun and we want to experiment and explore and Mm. maybe like mature sexually Mm. together Mm. You know, because you've got someone, like you said, where you can trust and yeah. you just can go for it. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of, like, room for experimentation maybe that you wouldn't do with a lover. Yeah, definitely. Straight up. Yeah. 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 I don't say don't do it, but just feel into what feels right for you. Yeah. And I guess just take responsibility on the way in mm. of, like, yeah, what is my truth here? Like, definitely. am I hoping this might turn into something ultimately or is this just sex? Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people in the tantric community who are having sex with friends and it's beautiful, like, they have heaps of love for each other. Like, for example, say, you know, in a friendship, I was going to say you and I, but we're not going to have sex, but say we have a lot of love for each other, we're friends, and then we make love and then we continue going on. Nothing's yeah. wrong. But the the in the tantric community, there's so much good communication usually, yeah. usually in general, and there's so much, like reverence for each other and so much our hearts are so it's like there's so much heart connection going that uh, it just there's less I feel like there's less misunderstanding yeah 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 I guess like energetically you come in as equals Mm -hmm. yeah I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by Pleasure School. Pleasure School is a monthly membership where together we study intimacy, conscious connections and how to embody our true sexual essence. Every month, students of Pleasure School access members-only educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video and guided home study. Pleasure School is led by myself, and I'm also joined by other teachers who are pioneering in the fields of sexuality, relationships, and holistic health. This is your chance to join a unique online school like no other in the world. Learn more and join Pleasure School at www.juliet-allen.com. That's J-U-L-I-E-T hyphen A-L-L-E-N Com. Um, what do you think about pornography? We've had a couple of mini discussions about mm. about this, in particular the porn pussy. Oh yeah, the porn pussy, with- which I'm totally against. The porn pussy. Yeah. No one's pussy looks like that. Let's just get that clear. Yeah. Well, some do, but, but you know those ones that are like baby pink. They look like they've never had a hair on them. Yeah. Everything's just neat and tidy and. <sighs> They've been airbrushed and they've got makeup on them. 
That's the truth. That's seriously on the set of porn. I mean, not all porn, so I don't want to generalise for those who are in the, the industry. I have nothing against the industry, like if it's a, being done consciously. Mm. Um, but there's makeup put on the pussies and the cocks to make it look good. So um, I don't have anything against porn unless it's like really, um, what would you call it? Bad porn, as in... Degrading. Degrading. Well, it can be degrading but done consciously. So, you know, some people have that kink. But I just feel like people who watch porn, and I um, I used to watch a lot of porn. I don't watch it very often now, maybe like three times a year, Mm. just when I'm feeling naughty and I'm like, fuck all the... Movie night. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, fuck this. Fuck being the good conscious girl. I just want some hardcore porn. So Mm. I admit that every now and then I'll just like put on something really gross and filthy. Yeah. Just get off (laughs) and then just be like, yeah, fuck it all. But um, uh, I would just, what I teach people is check in with yourself. Are you feeling good after it or are you feeling like shit Mm. basically? Because if you're watching porn and then afterwards feel really gross that's probably a good indication that you don't want to keep watching it. Mm. It's like hanging out with a friend and you just walk away feeling really deflated and drained and yuck. Good indication. Maybe don't hang out with that friend anymore Mm. or minimise the time you have with that friend or family member. And so the same with porn. It's like, how do you feel? What advice then do you have for, I'm just thinking about anyone listening who maybe has become reliant on porn to make them feel in the mood. Mm. What advice do you have for them? Like if we go back to the analogy of like, say we're going to put the vibrator away to focus on a more conscious mm. connection with our bodies, mm. what what would be your advice for somebody who's maybe become reliant on porn to... Get off. Get off. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty common. Um, well, I would say go go cold turkey on it. That would be my advice if you were my client asking this. It, it, there's a lot to it. Like for me, if I was if this was a coaching session, I would go into what's behind needing to have that external stimulant. Um and going into the genre that they're watching what are they getting out of that but um i would recommend just going cold turkey for a bit and seeing how you go if there's if you genuinely feel like you can't have sex without it then working with someone like myself or um a sex therapist or someone who specializes in this area just to support you in getting off it like you get off alcohol or drugs you know Mm, because it can become an addiction yeah it can Um, there's a an incredible um, app. I just cannot remember the name for the life of me. Um, I downloaded it. It's like 70 bucks a year. Mm. Dipsy. Have you oh, heard of that? No. It's um, it's intimate and erotic audio stories. Oh. Yeah, it comes out of New York and it's beautiful. The design is like insane and really well produced and really good voice actors and like the use of sound is quite exquisite like wow okay. you know i'm into my high production values yes um yeah so i've been actually listening to that lately and 
it's been really like and it's not um I mean there's different levels in there I think but it's not like hardcore it's almost just like a sexy scene that's cool do you reckon you could listen to it with your partner I reckon you could because we were listening to the other night (laughs) this is not porn related we were listening to um Oh my god, what's his name? I forget. Some philosophy guy. Um before we went to bed and I was just thinking, how cool would it be to listen mm. to an erotic story? There you go. I'll look into that. You put on your I reckon that speaker. People will be like Googling that now. Yeah, what's the name of that woman that we spoke about on your podcast who Oh, um, um Erica Lust. Yes, Erica. So if you are interested in porn and you're listening and you're like, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't be going on to, like, Pornhub as much because I feel yuck, you could go and check out Erica Lust, Lust's stuff. She's She works out of Barcelona. She's Spanish. Mm. Or should I say Barcelona? Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. And she is producing some really great porn from the female gaze so Mm. that would be porn that I recommend Mm. Um, another question I am bisexual and married to a man I'm missing the deep connection and intimacy I experience with women how do I deal with this in my marriage do I suppress it or do I bring it up Mm. Um, Okay, We, we can't be suppressing that surely Yeah, so I would bring it up with your husband and be really honest and open, which could be a difficult conversation. However, if you push it down and suppress it, you are going to get sick, basically. Mm. Because, you know, we push down stuff and it it manifests in illness or obesity or whatever it is. It manifests some way in mental illness, whatever. So I would um, chat to your husband around your desires one way to deal with it could be to bring it in as like a fantasy that you talk about when you're having sex so Mm. you know like um kind of like bringing in that woman into the sex without actually bringing her in but talking about her being there like i imagine if she's sucking your cock and i'm or she's going down on me or whatever kind of like a verbal storytelling i guess yeah Yeah, so that could be one way. But what I'm hearing in that question is you miss the intimacy and connection. Is that right? Yeah, I'm missing the deep connection and intimacy I Mm. experience with women. Yeah, so what I another way you could tackle it would be and this is if you want to stay within your marriage and you're both choosing monogamy so so obviously an obvious one would be that you speak to your husband and he is open to being open so that you can have female lovers you just need to be prepared that he may say he wants female lovers too so there's a Mm. lot of negotiating around open relating um, and I do have other podcasts in season three on open relationships and navigating those things. However, um, what I would, what I'm feeling is if she's missing the intimacy and connection, she could have that with girlfriends. So for me, I have girlfriends who I don't have sexual intimacy with, but we cuddle lots mm. and like we go out for lunch and like. Um, we like we'll put it I'll put my hand on her leg and we'll be like chatting like that or it's like quite intimate like Mm. for some people they may look and be like are they together or not but it's like just like an intimacy the touch yeah Yeah. just like more touching and intimacy and you know one of my friends will go over to the house and we'll like cuddle and chat and Mm. so 
you can get that from women without having to be sexually intimate. So there's that. Um, But if it's a case of like you're married to a man but you want to be with women, then that's when perhaps the difficult conversations need to be had around the fact that you want to explore that and Mm. that that will be the choice of your husband, whether he supports you in that or whether there's a breakup basically because of that. Mm. Well, it's just big. I've been in the opposite. So I was in relationship with a woman. I don't identify as a lesbian, but I, I fell in love with a woman and was like, cool. Um, and then I wanted to be with men. So we basically broke up because of that. Wow. So it was like the opposite. So it was not something that – there was no compromise there. It was yeah, – Yeah, well – yeah. yeah, without going into it out yes, of respect yeah, yeah, for yeah. her, I just can relate, but in the opposite, in way. The opposite way. But then when I was younger, I was with um, a partner and we were having threesomes with women and then I kind of just wanted women to myself, but that didn't break up the relationship, but yeah. I can relate. Yeah. Anyway. That's good advice. Um, final question. Great. Always comes around so quick. Wow, that is quick. Isn't it? What is it? It's, um, of course, another personal question. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you miss sex with women? And if yes, oh, how, random. how do you deal with it? Wow. I, that's um, funny because that wasn't they planned. They lined up. They... No. Okay. Well, that is well, a personal just... question. Yeah. Continue on this Continue on conversation. the sex, the bisexuality or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I don't miss sex with women. No, I don't know whether to expand on that. Well, only if you're comfortable, I guess. If you're not, then... I just, I really enjoy sex with men and I am in a committed monogamous relationship and I love sex with my man Mm. and I don't miss... I feel like... Nick gives a good analogy and it's so Nick and it's so not an analogy I would give, but I'm going to give it because he's given it in a podcast in the past and people loved it. So think of like a full pizza with all the, you know, pieces of the pizza. I feel like I'm like, it's like a full whole feeling of a full pizza. A full pizza. <laughs> this is not a good analogy. <laughs> so some people may feel like pieces of the pizza are missing and that's like the, you know, I need to be with women, I need to be that. But I feel like I'm getting the full the mm. full deal with him. So there's no real desire to be with the with women um anymore at all. Yeah. I've definitely had my fair share of pussy. Yeah. I'm not interested. But you know, never say never. Well can I ask you a question? I don't even know where how relevant it is. So do you identify as bi? Or not? Or no. nothing? I just, I, when I was younger, I kind of questioned, am I bi? I never questioned if I was a lesbian because I love penis too much. But I was like, am I bisexual? And then I think I went through a phase of saying I'm bisexual. But I actually feel like it was when I was a, probably 19, 20, 21, it was a bit of an attention seeking, like, I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I kiss girls in nightclubs and stuff. And then... Now I don't identify as bisexual. I just, I would say I'm actually more heterosexual. Now than... I'd say I always have been, always actually, have been. yeah. But um, I don't like labels either. I'm just free well, sexual. Kind of, I think where I was going with that was like, are we kind of also 
moving to a time where we just don't need to identify as anything. We just mm. be. Yeah, like... I, and however I think that so. expresses itself spiritually or sexually or physically is how it expresses itself. And I know that labels help us, you know, organise mm. socially, I think. Mm. That's mm. the big thing. Um, but, yeah, I guess I'm hopeful that mm. we're moving in a direction where we won't introduce ourselves as our sexual orientation, certainly, or what we do. Oh, my God, my whole podcast is about that. Totally. Or even if we're, like, married or not. Like, Tony doesn't wear his wedding ring. Mm. And I've had a lot of women say to me, like, that must bother you. I'm like, I never think about it. Mm. He doesn't like small things. Yeah. Like, he literally, like, holding small things, like, if I put my bobby pin or my hair tie in his hand, he's like, Ugh. or like a five cent a piece, thing. or like buttons. Like he just doesn't like little fiddly things. Yeah, right. Yeah, and so he feels uncomfortable with a ring on. And like sometimes I say to women, like, there's nothing sinister here. Don't go looking for it. Yeah. Uh, he is, there's no, like we're obsessed with each other, but if he doesn't want to wear it, I don't. Who cares? Care, but it's such a societal thing that it's like, oh, you're married, so where's your ring? Yeah. You know, there's no trickery. <laughs> it's not totally. like trying to look available. Yeah. But you could put a ring on now and then all of a sudden you're married. Or yeah, like I'm people, in a box. the perception the of box. you is that you're married. Yeah, and I think with labels, it's like if I said I was bisexual, then I'm put into the bisexual box and people can understand me better. The bisexual sexologist? Yes. Yeah. But yeah. with the, you know, the alphabet of the LGBTIQ, etc. Um, I think there is a place for it in that community because some people do enjoy identifying as one of those or all or whatever because it gives them a sense of belonging to a community, especially when for people who are living in a quite a homophobic world still, like we are very homophobic still. And, yeah. and when I was in a relationship with a woman, I noticed that so much more obviously because it was mm. a completely different situation to what I'm in now but so I can I do understand why some people really love you know identifying as a lesbian or mm. um, being in Mardi Gras and I fully support that too yes and thank you for sharing that because yeah. that's education for me certainly and I know people listening as well yeah and I will share with you I'm sure she won't mind me um, discussing it but my sister's gay and I have to tell you, and I've said this to her and we've experienced it together, obviously, it upsets me sometimes, or well, a lot of the time, if I'm out with her and her partner and there's a fuss made. Mm. I get, like, one time I cried. What, what do you mean by a fuss? Just, like, still this, like, oh, are you gay? Like mm. strangers, especially at a bar or something, you know, people are yeah. drunk and mm. it still seems like this bizarre novelty. Mm. And I just got like that particular time I got really defensive where I was like, this is not good enough. Yeah. It is not okay for you to be made, like for there to be a scene made. Yeah. Because of, you know, your sexual orientation or mm. how you express your sexuality. And, you know, they were both really generous and just saying like, thank you, but this is just how it is and it's you know her partner was also saying like I see this as my opportunity to educate and expand yeah. people's thinking and so I try and look at that as a positive yeah good in the her. moment yeah which I thought was so valuable 
you know, that she's helping people who might be a little bit more closed-minded see things from a different perspective. But, yeah, and this is, like, recent too. So it's like, oh, my God, it's 2019 and we're still here. still, we're still, especially in Australia, I feel like very backward. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And um, I, if I can say so myself, I think as interesting as the... How many have we done? A few. We've done a few. Yeah. So there's going to be four in this season. So we've got... Yeah, after this one, there'll be two more. Okay. Two more. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah. Thanks. I look forward to having you back. It's fun. It is fun. It's just relaxing. I feel just like really relaxed. Yeah. So good. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Authentic Sex Podcast. If you love the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would also love it if you share the podcast with your friends, family and your Instagram followers. Doing this together as a community, we can make an impact and support the world to feel more sexually empowered and free. And if you'd like to join me for daily updates and sex inspiration, find me on Instagram at Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T underscore Allen, A-L-L-E-N. You can also head on over to my website to join Pleasure School or purchase your very own Juliet Crystal Pleasure Wand, www.juliet-allen.com. 